black bandana two black mma journalists yeah it's time for black market picks i'm your host the master of black degro jitsu and today we're here for uh, a late but express addiction of black market picks for ufc 230 with six holloway versus poirier uh live from atlanta high atlanta and uh, we're going to give you all the best picks and all the best plays in the different price ranges, the top tier, mid tier, and below to the bottom tier, uh, so you can build all your DraftKings lineups. I think this is an excellent card. Very excited about our main event. And of course, as always, I'm joined by our co-host, the wonderful, the immortal, Divine Prodigy, Divine Prodigy. What's good, nigga? What's going on, man? Um, this supposed to, this is probably supposed to be a full show. That's my fault. Uh, life got in the way. So, but we still we still cranking it out for y'all. I'll be a little bit late, but we got all the information, man. We got the information, and we've been hitting these underdogs lately too. So you know we got some of that coming for you too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get right into this. Our top tier is going to be ninety four hundred two. 8700 my number one overall play in the top tier is going to be one max bless holloway get him in your lineups get him in your lineups don't be worried about the fact that in the first fight um poirier was able to defeat holloway that was a very very different max holloway than the one we see today the blessed one that we see today is arguably uh one of the pound for pound best in the sport of mixed martial arts and I just feel like, um, yeah, man, I don't feel Poirier is way too hurtable. And Max Holloway is way too polished and durable of a striker for Poirier to really be able to do anything to him. Uh, I think lad, like when their first fight happened, uh, which was years ago. God, I, I don't even know how many years ago it was. Um, but when the first fight took place, Holloway wasn't really ready for the grappling he got subbed out like this is a this is a whole different holloway he's a better striker he's a much better grappler he's much more seasoned uh i'm holloway is my over top overall playing cash gpps all around he's my guy um my number two overall play in this price range is going to be one israel adesanya i don't see Kevin Ga Kelvin Gaslam's raw to victory here. <sighs> I just don't see it. Kelvin Gaslam is, I think, a great fighter, but he's at an extremely significant height and reach dis disadvantage. Israel Adesanya is a elite striker, possibly the best in the UFC. And unless Gaslam can get this to the ground, I don't see how Adesanya wins. I just don't see how he. I mean, excuse me, I don't see how he he can do it. And he's gonna in order to get it to the ground. He would have to get within the style bender's range, which is super hard because style bender is very good at keeping a distance. So I just don't see Gaslam, even in a loss, piling up many significant strikes. I don't see his worth. I think there are way better plays at the bottom of his price range. I don't know if Adesanya finishes it, but I definitely think he controls the small, smaller fighter. He already said he's going to be the uh, matador while Gaslam will be the bull. That's the way the longer fighter should fight the shorter fighter. So that tells me what's going to go down there. So the uh, the mastery of striking, I think we're going to see, is just going to be a blowout win. And that, that takes Gaslam off my playlist, kind of like Poirier is off my playlist. Um, my number three overall play in this price range is going to be Brandon Davis. I don't know. I, 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 I can't necessarily – I know – 
it might sound weird that I'm so high on Brandon Davis, but I think his opponent is very green. I, I don't necessarily doubt that he's promising, but I just I just like Killer B a lot. I think that he should win this fight, and he should put up a significant amount of points. That's not to count his opponent all the way out. I mean, Costa could definitely pull this one out. But, but I'm kind of pegging on Brandon Davis taking this one. I think his opponent has been beating up a lot of cans, and I, I think he's got boxing deficiencies. And I think Brandon Davis, he has his flaws too, but that's mostly against the elite guys like Magomed Shapirov or, um, well, I guess I guess he has only fought one elite guy. But Boyzola's pretty got a pretty strong grappling game. Uh, Bochniak is pretty strong and polished. I don't think Costa is any of those things. Although Costa, he might be able to do something. I don't know. We we I, I just Costa has proven nothing, and he didn't even look that good against the competition he faced. Travis Clark, who are your top three plays in the top tier? This top tier kind of sucks a little bit. I'm sorry, but um, number three, I'm gonna go Israel Adesanya. It's pretty much we have the same top three. I'm just putting them in different order. Um, Israel Adesanya should win this handily. I know I've seen a lot of a lot of people with the Kelvin Gastelum love. You know, uh, I think Sun Tzu was definitely on him. Um, I, 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 a, a couple of people that I really whose opinion I really respect on Kelvin Gastelum, but I have no, I don't see it, man. Um, Israel Adesanya is on a roll. I think. If you're looking past this fight, John Jones was talking some smack to Israel Adesanya. And I think that'll be a very interesting fight and should that be set up next. But back to this fight, you already talked about how um, Adesanya is the longer man. I believe he has nine inches of reach on on um, Calvin Gastelum, and he knows how to use every bit of it. I don't think Calvin Gastelum will be able to get in. You know, he'll have to get in range to, um, to strike Israel Adesanya, and I just don't think he'll be able to do it. I think Israel Adesanya is too long. He's too good with his footwork. And I know you might, you might, some some might suggest the the grappling of Calvin Gastelum, but I don't think it's as elite. It's, I don't think it's elite enough. Maybe like on the level of Chris Weidman or something like that to to take Israel Adesanya down. Um, I, and I feel if you can't pretty much get him down and you're forced to stand up with him, and he has that reach advantage and he knows how to use every bit of it because he, you know, he he does this. He this is what he does. Um, then I think Calvin Gastelum is going to lose. The only reason I put him in number three though is because I don't believe that. He will finish Calvin Gastelum. I know um, an interesting stat is that in, like, I believe Calvin Gastelum's last four fights, he's dropped his opponent. I'm not really worried about that. Um, I, if he does hit for the hips, uh, shoot in for the hips of uh, Israel Adesanya, I believe Adesanya has about 85% takedown defense. That's definitely good enough. He has those hips where he can get out the cage, get off, um, get up, get up, sh- shuck away from the, uh, the takedown opportunities. I just see this as every plus going in Israel Adesanya's way. It's his time. I keep telling y'all Nigeria is is, is on the rise. Um, they they they're doing it, man. And I think Israel Adesanya adds to that that to that collection. I don't think he'll beat John Jones should they ever fight. But number three is going to be Israel Adesanya for me. I'm I'm not going to play Calvin Gastelum at all. Um, number two is going to be Brandon. I mean Brandon Davis. I know you touched on um his opponent. His opponent is very green. His opponent, I believe, is four zero. I think he has all knockout finishes, but they're against. Subpar competition. I don't even. I, don't, I wouldn't even. Maybe. I, I don't know. They're just terrible. Like I believe they all have losing records. And um, while I can't really trust Brandon Davis because uh, you know, his last few fights. I mean, he beat Steven Peterson. But other than that, the guy is too hittable for me. But I think in this tier, um, well, when you have one such as weak as this, I look at um Brandon Davis's output. His output 
is tremendous. He 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 throws a lot of significant strikes. For... Hello. Yeah, yeah. My fault. My fault. Um, he throws a lot of um significant strikes um per minute, and that can definitely add up over a three round fight. I know against Peterson, he threw 114 over three rounds. So I mean, if he can do that again, plus get the win, that that's definitely a significant amount of points there. So, and I mean, but like you said, you can't count Costa out. Clearly, Costa knows how to fight. But I think even Costa's camp said that this fight, maybe with Brandon Davis, might be too soon, too early. So, I mean, if if, if his own camp knows it, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe we should just be wary of that. But I think Brandon Davis should be a good play at number two, provided he, he shows up and does what he's supposed to do. But like I said, you can't really trust him. He's too defensively porous for me. And number one, of course, you know, is going to be Max Holloway. Um Bless, I don't care that Dustin Poirier beat him um, oh so long ago. That was an inexperienced Bless. This Bless is way different. Um, he's way more, he's much better, way more composed. Max's footwork has improved. His, his, um, his, everything about Max Holloway is on the level of best pound for pound, honestly. He, he's done everything he needed to do to 145. If you looked at him on the scales for 155, um, he looks, he looks good, man. He looks healthy. He looks like he, this is probably where he should have been maybe all along. He's definitely tall enough for the weight class. I believe his body's going to fit this and Dustin Poirier is going to bring it. He definitely, uh, he definitely will bring it. So this will definitely be a good fight. However, De- Dustin Poirier is too defensively. He defensively, he doesn't really care about defense. I know you see it in the, the Michael Johnson fight, which I mean, he got caught, but I mean, you see it in the, uh, the, the Eddie Alvarez fight, the, the, um, the Justin Gaethje fight. You can hit, you can hit Dustin Poirier. I think while Max Holloway sometimes can get hit, he has that chin. That Hawaiian, those those Hawaiians, they can take a lot of punishment, of course. But um, he, uh, Max is more defensively responsible. He he, you know how uh, in that match against Brian Ortega, he freaking told De- Brian Ortega to put his hands up in that fourth round, you know. But um, like I'm saying, uh, I think Max here is gonna put the pressure on. I think Max may start out slow. I know Dustin Poirier may come out fast. Um, Dustin Poirier is talking about shocking the world by knocking him out, but the lines and they don't indicate this is a shock the world type of fight. They indicate this is a you beat him before type of fight. You've been on a roll lately. We know you can do it again. We we see the potential in Dustin Poirier. I just think Max Holloway is on another level, honestly, right now. I think he'll start slow, but then once that fourth or fifth round comes and he's just pouring it on, I think that's when it'll end. So I think if you're looking at it betting wise, you know, bet that the fight inside ends inside um, round four, round five, and that could be a, a good little value play. But I like Max Holloway all the way. I mean, I think you, you might have to play Dustin Poirier. I think this is one of those situations where, you know, it's, it's pretty rare, but one of those situations where you can stack this fight um, in a GPP, and it may, it may turn out great for you, especially if it goes all five rounds. Like I'm saying, you know Dustin Poirier is going to be scared to throw his strikes. So um, I, I, I like this fight, but I think Max Holloway is definitely on a different level. He'll become the next champ champ. And then you know he'll, he'll take he'll take on what he wants from there. Maybe Khabib, of course, is next, like it was supposed to originally be. All right, let's get into the mid tier here. We're going to be going from eighty six hundred to seventy seven hundred. My number one overall play in this price range is going to be one Belal. Remember the name Muhammad. Uh, I love Belal Muhammad. Curtis Miller. Uh, seems to be as good at stopping takedowns as hmm, who sucks at stopping something. I can't think of something. I can't think of a good joke right there. But Curtis Miller couldn't stop a takedown if his life depended on it. And Bilal Muhammad, although he is at a significant height and reach disadvantage, he is going to have to work his way to the inside. 
Um, he should be able to get this down and win rounds based off his grappling because Curtis Millender just Curtis Millender looked horrible on the mat a month ago. It was just a, a what March 9th he fought last. So I don't think he can fix how bad his wrestling and grappling is in a month, especially against a guy as good and well-rounded as Bilal. Remember the name, Muhammad. Uh, I think uh, Muhammad has faced tougher tests in the past, and that's why I'm picking him. My number two overall play in his price range is going to be Ovin St. Preux. Maybe Ovin St. Preux should be number one. But I like uh, Muhammad's grappling upside better. But Ovin St. Preux already won this fight by submission in the first round uh, about four years ago, in fact. So that's why I like him. I was thinking, like, this is a play-it-even fight. And then it came to me that this fight had already happened. I was thinking in my head, like, this fight should probably end by St. Prue choke or Von Flu choke. But I was thinking in my head, Krylov, he always gets subbed out on the mat. And then... It happened before in real life. I didn't even realize it. I forgot these two had already fought. How did St. Preux win? Von Fluchok. I was playing it even. Not anymore. Krylov should be getting subbed out or at least beaten again. He has no route to victory. St. Preux is better like everywhere. And Krylov is still Krylov. So I was like had both shares of both. But I was like fuck that. St. Preux all day. And my number three overall play in this price range is going to be one. Max Payne Griffin against Emma Diev. Uh, I just don't think... Ooh, not Emma Diev. Get him out of there. Let me get Payne. Payne Griffin is is le several levels above Emma Diev in experience. I think in craft. Max Griffin won that fight against Tiago Alves. Uh, go to MMADecisions.com. And everybody but two people scored the fight for Griffin. Um, I... Um, yeah, I, 112 significant strikes for Alves against Alves. Yeah, I, I thought Max Griffin won that fight, and he got robbed uh, on the scorecards. But yeah, I love Max Payne Griffin against this guy who might not should even be in the UFC, Emma Diaz. He has been beating up on a lot of cans and stuff. And when we see these spots like these with fighters that we know are really skilled and uh, and, and can hold their own, don't let the one and three in the last four fights. Uh, but perturbing. Is, isn't Max isn't Max Griffin usually the person they use to bring in against prospects? Isn't he a jobber? Max nah. Griffin isn't good. He's a jobber. He's not a jobber. Oh my goodness. Emma Diaz is a jobber in my mind. Max Griffin is pretty good. But all right, who's your top three, nigga? Who you got? His only win is Max Perry, right? <laughs> Mike Perry, I think. His only win is Mike Perry. And Alves. He got robbed of that decision. Uh, he should have did more. Uh, <sighs> uh, oh, my top number three, I'm going to have to go with Ovin St. Preux. Um, I know you just touched up on it. I don't see how anybody can honestly back Nikita Krylov here. I don't think Krylov has made any real technical improvements since his last fight. Um, You pretty much know the M.O. You take him down, the guy. He's not getting up. Ovin St. Preux, I think Krylov betters are pretty much, I don't know what they're riding on. Maybe they're riding on the fact that maybe Ovin St. Preux is, 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 is his father time is hitting him. But I don't think so. I think Ovin St. Preux is one of those fighters who, who, who stays relevant. He's a, he's a, a gatekeeper of, the, of one of the highest degrees, honestly. Um, 
And he's one of these types of fighters that studies his opponents. He studies his opponents. He, he looks at film. He reviews the tape. And this is a rematch. He already dispatched of this guy um, by Von Pruchoke in their first encounter. I fail to see how this will be any different. He knows the exact path to victory he has to take. Um, and he knows and he knows that, if anything, the knock on Krylov is, well, one, you know, most of his fights don't end in decision. So, you know, I think you have to you might want to play this fight either way, because if the guy doesn't go to decision, you know, a finish is always what we want on DraftKings. But, you know, if if you, the knock on Krylov is if, if you weather that first round, you weather that storm he brings, then it's your ball game from there. When has that ever changed? I don't think that's changed. I think that's still the same Krylov we're going to get. And I think over in St. Prue. He, I mean, he ain't getting no, no younger, but I still think he's durable enough to weather that first round, take him down, and I'll be damned if it's another Von Prue choke, but God damn it, it just might be. Um, so I like over OSP there. I think Nikita Karlov better should be should be sweating. Um, number two, I'm going to have to go with Dwight Grant. Um, I like Dwight Grant here a lot. Actually, I'm going to save him from number one. Number two is going to be Jalen Turner. Number, Jalen Turner against Matt Frivola. I see people on Frivola, and I understand it. Jalen Turner, he's been knocked out a, quite a few times. but um, And he went to draw with Lando Venata, but I don't rate Lando Venata highly either. His, his, I think he's pretty overrated. His striking to me is pretty average, and his gas tank is, is ass. But um, Jalen Turner, man, I don't think if, – if you're not a wrestler, if you're not a wrestler, I don't think you're going to beat Jalen Turner. His striking is funky. But yet it's so crafty. He has power out the wazoo. And Matt Frivola's his fight IQ sometimes is a little is a little shaky. You can't really trust that. We know Jalen Turner, though, he's riding that that last win he just got, of course, that knockout. But um he's riding that confidence. He feels like, okay, I got my first win in the UFC. Now I can prove I, I now I finally belong here. I, I figure that Matt Frivola is the kind of the perfect kind of guy to who will give Jalen Turner a fight. He will come at Jalen Turner and allow Turner to showcase his his skills in striking. And I, I don't know necessarily if he puts Matt Frivola out, but I think that Jalen Turner is powerful enough to put Matt Frivola out. Matt Frivola is tough. Matt Frivola will stay there for all three rounds. I think um your cardio has to be has to be up there because J uh Frivola can pretty much go all three rounds and look the same or even get better or even look fresher. I'm saying the fight goes on. But um Jalen Turner to me, I think on the feet, he's a he's a He's a different kind of guy. I don't think Matt Frivola has ever dealt with anything like this, and I think he's gonna he's gonna find out the hard way. But I do see some Frivola betters out there. I mean, I can't knock it. Um, Jalen Turner's chin has been suspect in the past, but I don't see uh, I don't see Matt Frivola even getting pretty close to even attempt anything like that. And number one, um, like I told you, is gonna be Dwight Grant. This guy, um, he's a he's a counter striker, and um, but he has power out the ass. If he touches you. You go down. Um, we seen it last fight against Petter Solly. Um, Joe Ban, I like Joe Ban. He comes to fight. Joe Ban brings it. But that's exactly what Dwight Grant will want. Joe Ban is going to come and march forward. He's going to try to get in the clinch, throw those elbows. But Joe Ban is chinny, man. He's chinny. And we and we know it. That's the knock on Joe Ban. He, his chin has issues. And Dwight Grant, for somebody that hits hard like that, I view it as the same as I would view the, the Francis Ngannou JDS fight. I mean... JDS could be winning up until the time where Francis Ngannou hits him with that one clean punch and puts his clock out. That's how I think it'll be. I think Joe Bam will be winning up until the point where he gets knocked out. And Dwight Grant for 7,900, I look at maybe a first or second round knockout. 
I think it's it's a it's a beautiful play, and I think for seventy nine hundred, he's the the top underdog on my card. I think everyone else is on him, so I think Dwight Grant will be chalky. But this is one of those situations where you just eat the chalk. You don't want to miss out on these points that Dwight Grant's going to give you. And you know, you look at that Zach Otto fight. A lot of people are thinking that Zach Otto won, but like you look at that fight, and that fight was terrible. I remember probably when that fight happened. I was I was saying just cut them both. This wasn't even a fight. Joe Ban is not going to do that. Joe Ban, just like Cardo, um, just like Petter Solly, is going to bring the fight to Dwight Grant, and Dwight Grant will respond with one of those 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 haymakers, and he'll he'll have another knockout to his to his to his highlights. So I like Dwight Grant number one, seventy nine hundred. Mm, okay, I forgot Jalen Turner. I think he's a hell of a play. I think I'm gonna delete Matt Favola from my playlist. You think that's good? Matt Favola should have no chance in that fight. What do you think? Matt Frivola, I don't think he I don't first of all, Matt is not good. I mean I know he's not with that good. fight with well, that fight against Polo Reyes, he fought a a, a a terrible game plan, but then again, I mean, it's Matt Frivola. I, I don't know. Steamroller. Like, he wanted to stand and bang with Polo Reyes and we saw we saw what, how that ended up. He did good I mean, in his last fight though. He looked yeah, good. Say it again. One more time. He, he looked real good in his last fight. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what the people that's what the betters are saying. You know, they're like, or did Manada? Like I said, fight Manada, to me, he's overrated. He's not that good of a fighter. He throws all these flashy these flashy moves, but his gas tank is horrible, and he's just not that good. I think Jalen Turner would beat Lando Manada easily, easily. Okay. So I mean, I think Jalen Turner he's he's serious about this. Um, you seen it? You see? You seen his 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 tape? On the stand, standing up, he's a beast. I think Matt Favola would have to get this down. I don't think Matt Favola has too much of a takedown game. In this sense, we know Jalen Turner is longer. He's a longer fighter. So, you know, Favola has to get on the inside. But he's he's basically relying on the punches, the power, I guess, of Matt Favola to put Jalen Turner out. I just don't think it'll pan out for him. I think Jalen Turner is going to starch this guy. That's my opinion. All right, let's go 7,600 and below. 76 uh, down. My number one overall play in this price range is going to be Khalil Roundtree Jr. I just think that fight with Eric Anders should be pretty violent, and it's got lots of upside. So I love Mr. Roundtree. He's my number one overall play. He's got the most upside, and he's got a great chance to win. My number two overall play in this price range is going to be one Khalid Taha. I like Taha a good, good much here. Um, I I don't know if he'll win, but I think the fight should be close and go to decision. And you gotta like anybody that's uh, gonna go to decision. Probably, I think Salmon is the better boxer and and more dangerous and more technical. Salmon actually was he fought Errol Spence in boxing. He was one of the top ranked boxers coming up in the in the nation. So he's got. I thought his boxing looked pretty crisp, and that's real. But uh, I think that should be a great fight. Maybe Taha can get to the ground. Who knows? Should be a good close fight, though. And my number three overall play in this price range will be... Ooh. Oh. Ooh. I'm going to go with Wilson Hayes uh, because I think his fight with Pantoja should be close. And then I don't mention Lauren Mueller. I think that should go to the decision and be close as well. So I like Wilson Hayes versus Pantoja. Striking battle between two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys. And Mueller versus Botelho. Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? Which is why I like that fight because it should be low on. And Mueller is going to go to the decision with Botelho most likely. And why can't she win? What does Botelho do so good? 
So, uh, Travis Clark, what's your bottom tier looking like? Travis, you have not unmuted yourself. What's your bottom tier looking like? Damn, you got me. I was over there fucking talking like a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> bottom tier, shit. Um, like the bottom tier is looking a little suspect. Like I said, you can definitely put Dustin Poirier up in there. I don't think he wins, but if those significant strikes add up over a five-round decision, he might score better than somebody that's probably in the eight thousands. But number three for me is gonna be um, it's gonna be uh, let me see, let me go. Khalil Taha, a Khalid Taha. I know you were um, I know you touched up on him a little bit. Um, Khalid Taha is undefeated at one thirty-five. Um, his last fight against I think it was against Not Naramani. He was I think he was at one forty-five. Um, he he was okay, but Taha. I know the the people who own Boston Salmon. His his boxing is great. Uh, I know Taha's def- um, takedown defense is a little suspect, but I don't think. Boston Salmon will be going for takedowns. Um, Taha, though, I think at 135, he looks pretty He looks pretty solid. And, like, that's his natural weight class, so he's not dealing with anybody that's naturally bigger. Um, I just think this might be one of those plays that's probably like an ownership play. I think Taha can definitely win this fight. I think he might be the maybe the, the stronger. He might have more power. I think um, Boston Salmon is more so, you know, it's that slick type of counterboxer where I think the power – like the the potential to change a fight with one punch one might side with might side with Taha, but I think this is an ownership play because if you if you listen to other people, listen to these other pods, you know the people that the MMA Twitter community respects, they're all pretty much on Boston Salmon, and um, you know I've seen one guy I think Ty Slice, he's on Taha, and when you look into it, he's not too far off with his prediction. I mean, and, and when you well, like I said, when you when you dive deep into it, Taha isn't that bad of a play, and I, I'm I'm glad you touched up on him because it kind of you know confirms a little bit of things like i said i'm definitely not saying he can't lose but i'm just saying at 135 in his natural weight class he probably took the fight at 145 to just get in the ufc i think he was probably a, a late replacement you know fighters do that to get in the ufc all the time just to get your foot in the door then they go down to that natural weight class so i mean it it, it this is a pretty interesting fight but i think as an ownership play i don't think khalid taha will be highly owned at all i think he's one of those fighters where if he wins it might be the win that propels you into the upper echelon of the uh of the DraftKings um the DraftKings lineup. So I think I like him there. And number two, I'm gonna go with Wilson Hayes. Um this is more so just a, an upside play. Um that fight between him and Pantoja, um I know everybody's picking Pantoja to win. I probably even might pick Pantoja to win, even though I think Pantoja's underrated. I mean overrated. But um Wilson Hayes, man, you know he's a gatekeeper. Um I just don't I just think he's getting up there in age a little bit. Um, his last fight, he looked like he's been getting rocked on the feet a little bit. But Pantoja's striking isn't anything to write home about. And I think that Pantoja's one of those fighters who I think if you're if you're just strong and you just bully him, which I think Hayes can do because he attempts takedowns off the wazoo. I believe um, in his last fight, he probably attempted like uh, nine or eight or something like that. I know in between his last two fights combined, it's been a lot of takedowns, more than about 15. So he attempts takedowns, and we know that Pantoja has to at least just keep fending off takedowns after takedowns, but he can... Pantoja has got his back taken before. I believe Oka Sasaki did it. I don't think you want um a, a slick grappler like Wilson Hayes. We know his credentials in jiu-jitsu. Slick I don't ball think... head. Say it again? I said that slick ball head. That guy. slick ball head. You don't want to see that slick ball head on your back, man. I just... I just don't, I, I, like I said, I don't know. Because Wilson Hayes, like I said, he's he's definitely showing he's on a bit of a decline. 
but for that grappling upside, the takedowns that he will accumulate or at least attempt to accumulate, plus the fact that he he can take the back easily, well, it seems easily of Pantoja. I think this is one of those fights where I think the it, the pricing on DraftKings should be closer. So I think you get him at a bit of a value. He's only um about 70, 7,500. So I mean, I like that play just as a as a as a as a upside type of play. Like I said, I don't in my heart of hearts though. <clears throat> I'm not, I'm sorry, seventy four hundred. But in my heart of hearts, I don't think he he wins. But he definitely has the potential to win because, like I said, to me, um, Pantoja is overrated. So I mean, Wilson hates number two. Number one for me is going to be Khalil Roundtree. Um, I'm sorry, you know, you, you can't really trust Roundtree, but at the same time, you can't trust Eric Anders as well. Eric Anders is moving up in weight, so he might be he might feel a little better not having to cut down to 205. Lately, these middleweights coming up to 205 have been flourishing, so that's one to look out for. Um, I've seen a post that I said it could be all talk is being cheap, but um, uh, he said he wanted to have a slugfest and go toe-to-toe with Khalil Roundtree. If anybody knows that is a recipe for disaster, you don't want to do that, honestly. Um, this is a man who knocked out Gokan Saki, by the way. Um, Khalil Roundtree, you, you know you can't trust him if he gets taken down. Um, chances are he's not getting back up. He did a little bit of getting back up in that McCall fight, his last fight, which I guess is, is a little bit promising, but I think it's still the same same thing. But Eric Anders, I don't think his wrestling is even that good, honestly. I don't think his 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 entries. He's a football player. He's not a wrestler. It's so true. You can't you can't just you can't just go tackling guys. And but he's not bad though. He's he, he's just he's not it's elite. Just, I don't think it's 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 not elite. It's not an elite skill set that he has. It's like it's just okay. It's like okay. It's like average. But yeah. if Khalil Roundtree is continuously trying to work on his defense, I mean, I would think he has to know, bro. I've been getting beat up on this fucking ground. Like I have to get this better. I would think he. You would think he knows that. But who knows? But um, and also you you worry about both of their gas tanks in this case because you've seen in that I believe it was the third round against Thiago Santos, he suffered that exhaustion and had to be be out. This is a three round fight. That was a whole five round fight, but that was a pace. That pace, I don't think that um, that that pace will be the same here. I think Khalil, uh, Khalil Roundtree is more of a uh you know a patient type of fighter, counter striker type of thing with just a lot of power. So I don't think that pace will be here, but of course you have to be wary about the uh, the uh, the cardio on both sides. But I think if Khalil Roundtree comes here and he shows the promise that he showed back when he was, um, was it the Ultimate Fighter, right? He was on the Ultimate Fighter, right? I yeah, he so, shows yeah. that he shows that promise that he showed back when he was on the Ultimate Fighter and he can get his mental mindset. Knocked thing. out Gokan Saki, man. Yeah, he did. I think it's a mental thing with this man, though. I think it's mental. I think if he's becoming more mentally stable, that he can beat who he wants, channel channel his inner Jared Cannonier, I think he actually um, might knock out Eric Anders. So, you know, you can't trust it, but this is a GPP type of show. You know, if Khalil Roundtree knocks him out, more than likely he's going to be on the goddamn optimal lineup. We're seeing, I'm looking at a lot of knockouts potentially on this card, and it's, it's a little dangerous, but I'm just saying, you know, it, 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 this could be a high-scoring card. Um, but I, I, I like Khalil Roundtree, man. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I like him more than Eric Anders. But then again, like I said, these middleweights coming up to 205, not having to cut that draining weight, they've been flourishing. So it's definitely one to look out for. Eric Anders should come in here and lose his wrestling, but if he's saying he's going to go toe-to-toe with Khalil Roundtree in a slugfest, I don't think that's uh, that's the smartest route to take. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, I don't think Eric Anders is serious about that. He, he knows what his route to victory is. I wouldn't want to go toe-to-toe with a nigga that knocked out Gokan Saki. 
like that. Like, we know Roundtree got big power, at least in that first round. So I expect to see a wrestling-heavy performance by Mr. Anders. Honorable mention to Andre Sukumtai. Why can't he win that fight? So um, I think it's a lot of guys in this bottom tier that can win the, their fights. I think this week the bottom tier is the key because I don't know how many underdogs. Like I said, Poirier Gaslam should be extremely popular. They ain't going to do shit in my opinion. Um, so I crossed them off. Let me think. Let's, uh, let's Let me get a trash can going here. Last time I did a trash can, it went horribly wrong. So, Poirier in the trash for me. Do you agree? Poirier, I say Poirier in the trash. Unless unless yeah. you're trying to take the route and be smarter than everybody else and just stack in a GPP and, and hope on those significant strikes, which I think can definitely happen because Poirier is a very active striker over five rounds. I think unless you're targeting that or unless you believe in your heart of hearts is going to win, which we clearly don't, I think you trash it. Gaslam in the trash. Gaslam is always in the trash. Don't even take him out. Ah, uh, Frivola's in the trash. And what about Millinder? I think he's in the trash. Bro, I wanted to touch on that. I think, I know you said Bilal Muhammad. I don't know if he was your number one play, but he was in your plays. Bilal Muhammad, I think, in my gut, this is what my gut is telling me. This is the fight that is so easy to predict that Bilal Muhammad can literally fuck this up and lose. Yeah, I think in my heart of hearts that Curtis Millinder is going to get this win, and I think he's going to get the win because Bilal Muhammad is so chalky this week. You know, we know the, the status quo on Curtis Millinder. If you take him down, he's a fucking fish out of it's water. Over. He's not getting back up. It's over pretty much. The round but is Bilal over. Bilal Muhammad's not even that good of a wrestler. He's, he's not a pretty good, good wrestler. I don't think so. I mean, his, his, entries, his entries aren't pretty sharp to me i know if you're up against the fence he can, he'll take you down like that but he's not like a he can he can fucking take you down in the middle of the octagon type of fighter sure he, he has well time takedowns what makes you think that he doesn't i just don't i i don't think his entry is into the takedown i don't think his i don't think that as well timed as you're saying it's just the difference of opinion from what i from what i'm seeing or what i've seen of Bilal muhammad it's you know it might be against the cage type of takedown you know which is three, um, three takedowns against uh, Rencontra. Yeah, he, mean, he's been taking people down. He's been Jordan Mean, he had four well-timed takedowns. Uh, who else did he take down? Chance Rencontra is terrible, though. I think, I think two, the only nine. Two good ones against Randy Brown. Like, he's a pretty smart fighter, too. He usually does. He is smart. Thing. His IQ is definitely smart. I will give him his IQ is there, but I just think this is the type of fight he can fuck up. I think. Curtis Melinder is going to get the win here. I think he probably knocks him out. We know that Bilal Muhammad's chin isn't the most, the most, you know, the most, what's the word, trustable in a sense. It's another word I'm probably going to use, but you can't really trust the chin of Bilal Muhammad. He's been rocked quite a few times. That Vicente Luque knockout is still resonating in mind. That was vicious. Curtis yeah. Melinda has the tools standing up to, 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 you know, to get back up in there. And you, you'd have to wonder, you know, Curtis Melinda did just fight, like, very recently. He's taken this fight as, as with, like, only, like, about a month or more um, in between. So what is it about Curtis Melinda that he sought to take this fight so quickly that he can beat this guy? I don't know. I mean, usually you don't take fights unless you think you can win, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a fight if I thought I couldn't win. But I guess, I don't know. It's the UFC. Who knows? But I'm just saying, he has to think he can win this fight. And I think the chin is the way to do it. Going through that chin, Curtis Melinda is long. Maybe he can use his reach, you know. But then again, I don't know, man. So, Zaleski Dos Santos, you had to worry about the power. So, I, I get that why Zaleski Dos Santos was able to get inside. Because Zaleski Dos Santos hits like a truck. 
Bilal Muhammad doesn't hit like a truck. He's more like a death by a thousand cuts type of fighter. So if you can take that punch and you don't make Curtis Melinda respect your power, what's to stop him from tagging you up or basically giving you that one shot to land his own, which we know is going to be more powerful? I don't know. All right. That does it for another edition of Black Market Picks. Uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed that express. Who's your, who's your favorite underdog on the card? I told you mine was Dwight Grant. Not fucking Dwight Grant. I like Max Griffin. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. I'm sorry I asked you. Okay. That's what you say. You'll be sorry you didn't play him. All right. Max that Griffin does, is terrible. That does it for Black Market Picks. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.